Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Productivity Show. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on your shortlist of qualified candidates using an online dashboard. Get started today with Indeed.com TPS. Thanks also to FreshBooks for supporting the podcast. Join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash TPS and enter TPS in the how do you hear from us section to get started. Welcome to the Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. I'm joined this time by Catherine Lavery. She's the co-founder of The Best Self Company that you might recognize as the creator of The Self Planner and The Self Journal. Catherine considers herself a maker and a creator, so we dove deep into how she approaches the creative process, how she gets stuff done, and what her personal productivity system is. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 284. And now, on with the show. All right. I'm here with Catherine Lavery today. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? One of the things that we like to do at the Productivity Show is share the guests' three favorite resources. So what are your favorite resources in 90 seconds or less? My favorite resources is one notion. So I basically put all of my personal life and company life inside of notion to take away any decisions or people ask me questions. If someone asks me a question, I'll put it in notion so that it's there. Loom, which is a video screen recorder. And again, it's just easier if I do a video screen walkthrough of something that I saw or noticed or liked instead of trying to explain it in in Slack. So I use it. I tell the team to use it. I'm like, if you have to send me more than four lines of text about something, just send me either an audio message or a Loom video. And three is the self journal or self planner. I have a calendar like Google Calendar, but I write down everything I do throughout the day on a piece of paper because it makes me much more conscious of where my time's going and what it is that I'm working on. Awesome. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. So don't worry if you missed something. So Catherine, I'm super excited that we're recording here today here in my apartment here in Austin, Texas. Finally. I know. We've tried to reschedule a few times and you know, life happens and now we're here. And uh, you recently moved to Austin less than a year ago, I think? Yeah, almost exactly a year ago. Because I remember meeting you. It was actually at your birthday party. Yeah. One of our mutual friends, Claire, invited me. And she says, hey, you should come. You should meet Catherine. I was like, oh, okay. I have no idea who I that is. I actually remember meeting you because you told me, oh, we actually were an affiliate for one of your products for a while. And Claire and I have the exact same birthday, which I've never met anyone with the exact same birthday and we knew each other kind of and we just had a joint birthday and so this year we're like we should do that again now that we know each other and actually like each other. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> and I remember we're on the rainy street and you mentioned that you make really good old fashions and that's like your thing and that's like one of my favorite drinks which I think for any guy who drinks a little bit of whiskey that's usually their go-to drink. It's uh, the best. So I'm super excited that you're here because like you mentioned, we've been mentioning the self-journal and planner for many years on Asian efficiency on the blog, 
last year it was on our gift list for Christmas. So I was like, oh yeah, like, hey, Catherine, great to meet you. Like I'm finally meeting the person who created this planner. That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And so I'm kind of curious to hear about your story of like who you are, what you're up to, like what's your, what's your deal? So I grew up in Belfast. Well, I was born in Canada, grew up in Belfast, went to university in Newcastle and, and then my postgrad in Scotland. So I used to be an architect. Then I got offered a job in New York and I'd always wanted to live there. So I moved to New York for seven years, did architecture as an architect there for two and a half years. And then I realized that that wasn't really what I wanted to do the rest of my life. But I'd started a side kind of hustle on the side that ended up doing well enough that I was able to leave my, you know, full-time job. And that was like in creating products, but it was like graphic goods and prints and stuff that I would just do for fun, but people would want to buy. And then I started getting into productivity and how do I make the most out of my day? And now that I'm managing my own time and don't have like a boss, what does that look like? And then I kind of realized all of the stuff that I was doing wrong my whole life and thinking, you know, if I had learned this 10 years ago, I would be way ahead of where I am now. And so over time, as I just got better with like developing myself, I realized I was becoming more successful in business just by improving myself. And I'm like, why don't we learn this at school? Like it's, it's insane the stuff that we learn at school, but we don't learn these like really, you know, essential principles to success that aren't taught. And so that became sort of something that I was really passionate about teaching people like friends and things like that. And then my friend, Alan, who was my accountability partner, we started working on, we were just nerds by productivity and like what works and what doesn't. And we started in a moleskin creating this framework for ourselves of like what our day should look like to be, you know, the most successful. How do we win the day every single day? And it was because I had a business, he had a business. We were trying to do this Amazon thing together. And so we were just trying to stretch our hours to get as much done as possible. And then we did that for a few months where we were just literally riding in a moleskin every, every day, which as a designer, gets really tiring. So I'm like, let me design something that looks pretty and I don't have to write this every single day. And that was kind of what the self journal started at. And we realized how expensive it was gonna be to print. And so I, I'd done Kickstarters before. And so I was thinking, let's just kickstart this and then we'll have it for ourselves and other people will have it too. And then that is actually where Best Self came from. So it wasn't this big idea of creating a company. It was like, how do I create this one product that I can have for myself without spending a ton of money because we didn't have the money. So Kickstarter essentially funded that product, got so much traction that we were like, wait a minute, why are we spending our time on these things that we're not super passionate about? This thing that's been our pet project that we just love working on is done really well and it doesn't feel like work. So this thing that had not started from this thinking it was going to make money actually did make money and we enjoyed working on it. So about a week after the Kickstarter ended, you have that hangover. So our goal was 15,000, which we hit in less than two days. And then we went on to raise almost 323,000 in 34 days. So a week after that, you know, we had the hangover after we, we successfully, not that we were going out and drinking, it was like, you are on your adrenaline for that 34 days is everything that like all those productivity tips that we tell you to do, like go out the window. So you're like totally reacting to whatever Kickstarter is telling you to do. And then about a week after, 
I'm looking at these pre-sales that we had. So we got maybe almost $20,000 in the seven days after Kickstarter, where there was just like this tiny little button that if you miss the Kickstarter, go here. And so I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the Kickstarter and I'm thinking, why don't we just do this? Like, this is obviously like striking a nerve of, okay, we're not taught how to be successful with these principles. Here's sort of a framework so you don't have to read all the same books and do all the stuff that we've done. This is just something that we've used, we've experimented with, and it's worked for a lot of people. So that's kind of where Best Self started from. And we called it Best Self because we didn't want to be like the self journal. We're thinking like, what's the bigger picture? Because all of the, it became all of the products that we want to create is just another way for us to become our best self. Mm, I love that. So it really started off as something that scratched your own itch. Yeah. It was never like, hey, I want to change the world. I have this grandiose idea and like I'm going to, you know, put this out there. But it was just literally something that, you know, you were using a moleskin. It was like not to your satisfaction as a designer, as an architect. And then you saw by accident that so many other people wanted it too. Yeah. And anyone that we showed, the, we had one prototype. Like literally we had one that we used for all the pictures and the video for the Kickstarter and anyone we showed it to, they were like, oh, how can I get one of these? And it's funny when I look back now and I think it's like if you had told me that this was the thing that was going to be the business, I would have been like, no way. And what year was this? 2015. So not too long ago. No. Like in the last five years. The self journal is a 13 week based goal journal. So you, you know, set a goal you break it down and then you hit it inside of the journal and you kind of set, okay, what type of person do I have to become to, to hit this goal? And sort of what are the behaviors and what do they do every day? And so that's kind of what our system is based around. So back in the day, this is like 2015, did you already left your full-time job to start this? I left my full-time job in 2014, yeah. So it was a year before then. Yeah, I had other things. Like I was, my I had a Shopify store that was already... Like that was kind of my cash flow business. I had a software business for a second that then I realized I wasn't passionate about the product. And I, that's when I realized I was a product person. So I solved a problem, created a product. And then I realized when it came to just selling it, I don't want to do that. I'm not good at that. I just like create it. So I like coming up with a solution and then I'm ready to create the next thing. Right. So you really found out from just experimenting with different types of businesses and different types of projects, what you actually enjoy doing the most. Yeah. And it wasn't even architecture. No, I think it's just architecture is a great education. I, I would, it's not a great career because you work insane hours. The pay is not great. And it's just, it's really sexy on TV, but not in real life. But the education of it is great because you are given a project at the start of the term you have essentially three months where you're, you have a weekly accountability with your professor, but you are totally responsible for your own time. You don't have homework, really. You just have to get this thing done. And it's not something that you can pull three all-nighters before the final deadline and get everything done. So you're kind of taught how to work really hard consistently and deliver a project, make it look good, something that actually works. So as far as like an education, I think it's really valuable. And I actually know uh, three, four friends who were successful entrepreneurs that were architects first. So when you were in architecture, what kind of productivity tools or strategies or workflows or routines did you have at that time 
or was that the time when you kind of figured out productivity? So back in those days, I was not very productive or in fact, it was almost in spite of a lot of things. So the company I worked at were completely inefficient. There was no time for deep work and I would get frustrated because you're just being reactive all day. And then it felt like what work was I getting done? So I was experiencing a lot of, you know, I didn't have like a morning routine. And so I would kind of feel like I'm trying to catch up all day. So a lot of the stuff that I apply now and has helped me become successful at those days, it was like that top of my frustration of like things weren't going well. And when I started to put a few things in place after reading like a morning routine and just being scheduling my time better, that was the difference. But the office environment that I was in was not very conducive with being efficient. And so Asian or otherwise. <laughs> and did you then start reading books about pro like read about productivity in books or blogs or do you start listening to podcasts? What kind of got you into all of this? So before I would allow myself to quit my job because I was making much more money than I was getting paid at my job, but I was still like, I've never taken a business class in my life. Like, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I researched and I picked like 22 books and they were on like mindset, productivity, finance, business. There was, I think, five categories. And I told myself I wasn't allowed to quit my job until I read these 22 books. So basically every day on the subway and at home, I was reading these books. And that's when I started applying things that I was learning and seeing what worked for me. Ah, so it was, so it was like real. my personal MBA of what I felt I needed to know so that I could quit my job. So what are some of the things that worked for you and some of the things that maybe did not work for you? I read The Miracle Morning. That worked for me. I'd never even, that was never a thing or anything that I'd heard of before. So just having a morning routine, time blocking and theming days, gratitude and affirmations and reflecting on your day and what worked and what didn't. I think just the act of reflection is something that I hadn't done. So you're essentially repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And then I would start to reflect on like what worked and what didn't on a day-to-day -day basis and realize where what I said I wanted to do and what I actually did weren't aligning. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with theming days because I, I can see it working for some people. For me personally, I've tried it and it never really worked for me personally, especially at a time when when your business is growing really fast, mm -hmm. theming days was almost counterproductive at that point in time. Yeah. Whereas now that the business is more stable, theming days actually makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. in certain ways because especially if you don't have to be accountable or responsible for a lot of different things than other people are, then theming days allows you to batch a lot of work, yeah. right? And it allows you to say, hey, for example, in our company, Wednesday's meeting day. And if you ever want to talk to me about something like, save it up for Wednesday. <laughs> okay. Whereas if you're in a high growth phase, then it's like, hey, I need you right now. Like we need to fix this or just like that cannot wait until Wednesday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I totally agree. And I don't have a strict theming. I have a strict call days. So Wednesday is my free day. Like don't expect to hear from me all day Tuesday. And that's because I'm either like deep work or I, I use that day creatively or however I want. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays are my like call days because calls I realized was they're draining for me and I don't feel like I'm actually getting work done because I'm actually still working and creating and it calls for me are 
like a block for creativity. Also, if I know I have a call in two hours, I will not be able to go deep on anything because my it's like my brand's like, oh, you have a call. There's been times when I've not realized I had a call and I got like so much work done. And then I jumped on this call because I forgot that I it was on my calendar. And sometimes I'm like, if only I could trick my brain <laughs> to not realize I have a call, then I could actually go deep on something and get things done without feeling like, oh, I have to, no point in going deep because I have to get off this for a call in two hours. So how do you cope with the, the idea that some people, you know, they, they get creative because they're just during the moment and they're like, okay, I'm feeling creative. I'm just going to work on this because a lot, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of my clients struggle with the fact that if you have a theming day, such as Wednesday for you and you're like, that's my day to be creative, to do stuff. And then Wednesday shows up and they're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not fe- really feeling it today. Like, how do you, how do you cope with that? So there are times when, I'll be creative on a day that it's not themed for that. But if creativity and production or making something is your highest leverage activity, then there's been times when I'm like, I'll tell the team, look, I'm I'm working deep on this today and it's going really well. So I'm not going to be on these calls because at the start that was hard. Now (laughs) we have a team where I don't need to be there so much. Like I'll sort of pipe in on stuff, but I also want to give them freedom to, not feel like they need my okay on everything. Mm, so you still take liberty and just say, hey, I'm doing stuff. I'm getting stuff done. I'm making stuff. Hey, I'm not going to be on these calls. Just go ahead and do this and you'll just catch up somehow. Yeah, because well, I'll either watch the call recording when I'm doing something else or they will ask me anything that needs. I, that doesn't happen a lot, but there has been times when, and they know that if I'm working on something, then that is for the good of the company. And usually it's like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And they va- they value it because now I've just made their life easier because now they don't have to be like, oh, when's Kat going to get to this? Because I've already like gotten to it. But you can't really schedule creativity. I think it's more having the freedom to think. So for me, it's we have like critical drivers. So it's like these are the things that if you input we can't really control outcomes, but we control what we do. And so one of mine is like Catherine needs one thinking day per week where sometimes I'm being creative and sometimes I'm just like thinking of things that will lead to something. But with creativity, it's not like it's a linear thing where you go, okay, I can sit down and make a product in a day. It's more of these are the things that are I can mull over and eventually it'll, <laughs> hopefully it will become something. But sometimes it's like, going back and forwards until you have something and then you can move forward. But with the team, they've kind of learned like creativity is not like a linear process that you can just start. But I have, you know, been on a plan and suddenly like things came together and I created this product that turned into like six figure revenue that I did literally on the flight back, back home at Christmas time. So do you have like a structure to your week at all? You mentioned, you know, calls on Tuesday and Thursday, I have calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then I have my free day on Monday and then I have, we have like themed calls. So we have a marketing call and a product call and a product working call. So I'll work with the product team to just like brainstorm ideas. And Monday we have our like stand up meetings and then I have a free, like the rest of the day is free because we, I used to have a couple of calls after that, like product brainstorming and other things. But what I realized is that coming back off the weekend, I want to feel like I hit the ground running. So I like to have that free day 
so that Tuesday is the day we're like, okay, here's the stuff from the week. So that if you didn't get as much as you wanted to get done at the end of the week, you have that Monday to catch up. Mm. So kind of starting the week on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I always find it so interesting how other people structure their days and weeks because just because I do it one way doesn't mean that's you know the way for everybody to go, right? So for example, for me, Mondays and Tuesdays are my deep work days. Mm-hmm. That's typically when I do my most creative stuff. And today is kind of an exception because I just finished a three-day personal development course. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to take Monday off and literally not do anything. And then I was like, well, I'm still going to record this podcast today with you. Right. <laughs> but usually Mondays and Tuesdays is when I do my most creative work. So like I'll record a podcast or I'll do a lot of writing. That's like a big thing for me. And Wednesday is that meeting day. So like literally I'm on a call from like 8 a.m. till like 5 p.m. or something. Whether it is, you know, internally, mm-hmm. externally with vendors, contractors or getting on other people's podcasts. Like I try to batch that as much as possible on the Wednesday. And then Thursday and Friday is kind of like a free for all kind of like whatever needs to be done needs to be done. But yeah. if I uh, need to take some time off, then those are some good days to do that too. So it's kind of like structured in that sense. So I always like to start high at the beginning of the week and then mm-hmm. kind of like taper off as needed. But then Saturdays and Sundays, I'm usually like clocked out and okay. not checking in whatsoever. So I'm always curious to hear how other people do it because there's just no one way to do something. Yeah, you know? and sometimes I actually really enjoy working. So there, if there is a time where I feel like I need a break, I'll just take it because usually, you know, at the weekends I'll have something and I'll work for a bit and I find that's totally fine. So I try to have some balance and if I don't feel like there's a block or I feel like I need to rest or like do something else, then I'll just take it because I used to guilt myself. But what I find was I wasn't actually productive or creating value when I'm forcing myself to do something instead of, I mean, it's not if I was always in that mood and I wasn't getting anything done, that's different. But I know that I actually really enjoy working. And if I feel like that, it's my body just telling me to take a break. So how do you balance, you know, being the CEO of a company and also making stuff? It's like, do you identify yourself as a maker, as a creator or creative? Yeah, I would more identify that than like a CEO because I hate paperwork, like with a burning passion of a thousand suns. I, I hired a president last year he started in march and he's does a lot of what a ceo like he does cash flow things and all that boring stuff so that allows me to be more creative because what i realized when i moved to austin actually the amount of products and the revenue per new product like increased dramatically and it was for a couple of reasons one is because i was out of New York and New York, there's a lot of friction there and I wasn't feeling creative and I felt like I had a block and I also hired an assistant in the same month. So I moved cross country and I hired an assistant. And since then I've been able to be way more creative. And so actually it wasn't last February, it was this February. Cause I brought, and then I brought him on and he's someone that I knew before and has scaled some big companies. So I was essentially like, how do I take the stuff that I hate to do and I'm not very good at? Like that's that the stuff that he does is stuff that he's great at and I'm like mediocre reading a book trying to learn how to do stuff when he just knows how to do it. So I can create way more value by creating and being in like product maker 
you know, scratching my own itch, creating products that I know people will love because I have someone that, that takes on the stuff that I'm not good at. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know when you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your shortlist of applicants fast. Also, you can add a skills test to your job post so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. So post your job today at indeed.com TPS and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com TPS. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. The offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. So think back to when you first started your small business. There were a million different tasks you had to do and not enough time to do them all. If you're like most business owners, you've felt that way ever since. So why not make things a little easier? Our friends at FreshBooks have the solution. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than the shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. You can create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and have them paid two times faster with automated online payments. Even better, you can create and send customized invoices right from within the FreshBooks app. Invoicing has never been faster or easier than it is with FreshBooks. We talk a lot about time tracking here on the podcast, and FreshBooks is a perfect complement. You and your team can track your time on projects and then automatically put them onto an invoice. It'll save you time and you'll get paid what you're worth. Have invoices and expenses perfectly organized for tax time without stress and FreshBooks grows alongside your business. You'll always have the tools you need when you need them without having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. Try it free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash TPS and enter TPS in the how did you hear about us section to get started. So I'm curious to hear how do you create products? How do you do research on what people actually want or like is it throwing stuff on the wall and kind of figuring things out? Do you talk to people like what's your research process? We talk to a lot of people. So the first product was obviously just scratching our own itch. The first handful of products were very like type A focused productivity, got to hit my goals, you know, all that, rah, rah. And then what I realized is personally, you know, I got to the point when you're successful business wise, but the rest of your life is falling apart. (laughs) And so then I started, you know, we kind of went through like a rebrand of what is your best self? I mean, it doesn't mean hitting your goals for some people means that for some people it's having great relationships and being healthy. And there's a lot of things that make your best self. And so we started speaking to like relationship coaches and looking at studies about happiness and how people feel fulfilled. And so then products started coming from, okay, how do we help people improve their relationships and looking at that and communication. And so it started with this very 
tunnel vision, focus on goals. And personally, I realized that you hit this success metric or the, this thing that where you look successful and you have all the stuff and then your personal life and your relationships aren't, they're like mediocre because you're working all the time. You're not feeling healthy because you're always working. And so that's not your best self if you feel like that. And so that's when we started expanding the, the line to what I really now believe does help you become your best self. It's not just, you know, hitting the, the career goals. So what are some other products that you've created as a result of that? So the intimacy deck is currently our best selling product, which is a deck of prompts. So it's 150 card decks that is in six different categories to improve your relationship with your significant other. So we have that. And we also have the icebreaker deck, which is 150 prompts around deepening like friendship relationships. So you could have it at one of your dinner parties. I actually meant to bring you one. <laughs> I'll have to drop one off. But so those two, we realized where, and they're helping like so many people where you've been married for 10 years, but there's a lot of things that you get into the same conversation rut. That Not like it's a rut. We just have patterns and we tend to just stick within them. And the great thing about these cards is it makes you get outside of that comfort zone of what you talk about. And it also is a much easier way to bring up something rather than you bring it up. Like me asking a question that might make things awkward if I asked you, like you can just blame the, I didn't ask you the card, the card asked you. So that's been really helpful. So we have six different card decks based around improving different areas of your life. So we have one to help you be more creative and come up with ideas. We have one to help you fight writer's block, one to help you improve your intimate relationships, your friendships. We have one to help a framework around decision-making. So how can you make a decision like a big one? It's not like, what am I gonna have for lunch? It's like, should I move from New York to Austin? What does that look like? And it's just a framework to help you look objectively at the whole picture. And we have one more and forgetting what it is right now, but yeah, we have six of those. So I love that you have a very holistic approach to just living a better life, being your best self, right? So it started off as productivity and then it went into relationship and health and wellness and just mental health as well. And how that just like attacks like yourself in a different angle in each different product and it's just improving your life in that way. And it's not just about productivity or hitting goals, but it's also about all these other things that are just as important. And one of the things I always talk about is happy people are productive people. That's like one of my slogans in my company. And also whenever I talk about stuff on the podcast and happiness, it's kind of a vague term in that sense, but it can be represented in different ways, right? Like if you have a great relationship at home, obviously that's going to help you be more productive at work as well. Yeah. Right. And if you have great friends and so on, if one of those things kind of crumble, then you can be the GTD master in the world and, you know, know all these habits and do them, but you know, you're not going to be as productive compared to somebody who's extremely happy and doesn't maybe have the right skills or tools, but still will yeah. be creative and get stuff done. I think it's because most of us are brought up with the goal being the job or the, business or the career and so we're so focused all the time on that that we all start off with that being the goal and then we hit that goal and we're like wait a minute this 
I'm not feeling fulfilled. And then we start seeing, okay, here are the parts of our lives that are, lives that are missing. And a lot of successful entrepreneurs that I know or successful people, they either burned out or they hit some sort of trajectory where they were like successful to everyone else, but then they were miserable because their relationships weren't working. And I personally went through that. So, and that's when you start looking elsewhere. But if, if you go to someone and say, oh, you'll be happy if you have a great relationship or this and that, they're all like, no, I've, I've, ta- I've been brought up, but this is what I have to hit this goal. And it's only then that you start to realize, oh, let me look at everything. I'm reading this book right now called uh, Indistractable. And he was talking about this study that if, and the reason I'm bringing up relationships is because I just, I'm reading this book today and it talks about specifically intentionality with relationships, which of course you're very good at. And if you don't have close friendships and close relationships, you will not live as long. You won't be as healthy. And we tend to like let our careers get in the way of our friendships and, you know, we're all busy And that's what I find in New York is Austin is a really good community. In New York, it's very hard to have deep friendships only because you can see each other once a month. You get a best friend and everyone's so busy that you see each other once a month. It's really hard to create depth because then you just spend the whole time in catch up mode. So in Austin, it's great because you can see people multiple times and you don't have to start. Oh, yeah, this is what I've been up to. It's just like you go deep right away. And that's just something that I've learned. But in the book, he's talking about just being intentional with business meetings, but not times with friends or, or significant other. Or And since I've started being more intentional, both about like business and personal life, like I've been feeling much better. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things I also want to geek out about, and this is, we're going to turn a 180 here, is you have a really cool aura ring. Yeah. Right? Can you, can you share a little bit about that? Oh yeah. I've, I'm like a complete freak about aura. So I've had an aura ring for, a, I had the original one, I had the new one and then I got engaged and I got a special blinged out aura ring. So it does the same stuff, but it looks way better. It than, is totally blinged out. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> yeah. So essentially my fiance was, we we're talking about rings and she was like, do you want a ring? I'm like, I have my aura ring. I'm like, totally fine. And she's like, yes, because she'd planned to get like a specific aura ring because I don't really wear a lot of jewelry. And this one, I'm like, this is perfect. It like tracks stuff for me. I can geek out and it also looks good. I recently met a guy. He's a, he's a VC here in Austin and he has an aura ring to it. He wears it as his wedding band. And his wife was initially really upset about it. <laughs> oh, wow. But he loves the aura ring so much that she eventually came to terms that that was, you know, their wedding band, essentially. But I follow you on Instagram. And one of the things I'm always fascinated by was when people post their, you know, aura ring stats and such. And so a lot of times I'll see you be, you know, up in the 90s when it comes to the readiness score. So what are some of the keys that you found or discoveries that you've made about yourself ever since you start wearing an aura ring? Well, first of all, don't believe everything you see on social media because I only post when it's good. <laughs> there was a, I was at a conference last year when it was before, just before I moved from, from New York and my, my score was like 43. It was the lowest I'd gotten. It was my body just being like, dude, you need to just chill. So for me, just getting sleep, it's surprising how accurate the aura ring is. So whenever it tells me, 
oh, rest up. You have a high heart rate or whatever. I'm like, at the start, I was like, yeah, right. I'm fine. And then three days later, I get sick. And so now I've just started focusing on get, I need to get seven hours of sleep. And if I don't get enough sleep, I used to just get up early and work on whenever. But now I'm like, no, I need to sleep more. And then my, my brain's going to work way better. One of the biggest things that I've taken away from the aura ring was before I had one, I used to think that I needed to sleep seven, seven and a half hours mm-hmm. to feel my best. And once you get the ring, you can actually see the stats. But the big differentiator for me was I discovered that I just need to be in bed for seven and a half hours and sleep for the most part. So like have yeah. like an efficiency score of 90 or something so that I really get like six and a half, almost up to seven hours of sleep. And, you know, we've all had days where we're in bed for nine hours and then we wake up and we're like, what the heck? I'm, exhausted. I, I'm still tired. Like yeah. what's going on? Right. And then you start to see when you have something like an aura ring, you can see like, oh, you know, like the amount of REM sleep or deep sleep or light sleep or whatever. So not, it's not just about the duration or the length of your sleep, but it's also about the quality. Yeah. I think it's for me, it's more about the quality than the quantity of the sleep. Yeah. Like I went through the uh, personal development course this past weekend. It was the landmark advanced course. And you know, you start at 10 AM every single morning and you end at like 1130 PM. It's yeah. like, and you sit in a chair the whole day listening and doing exercise. So it's really exhausting. And usually I'm in bed by like 930 or 10 and uh, now I was going to bed around 1 or one thirty, And so I had to get up, you know, do my exercises. You have to make a lot of phone calls with mm-hmm. people and, and, and stuff like that. And so every night for the last three days, I'm sleeping only maybe like quote unquote sleeping only for like six and a half hours, like barely getting my minimums in. But the quality of my sleep is amazing. Like, yeah. like my deep sleep is almost like two hours. Because you've released all that emotional baggage that you've been carrying. I guess so. Yeah. (laughs) Like the efficiency has gone up tremendously from going through that course. So I'll be curious to see the rest of the week as I'm going through it. And it was funny. It was the instructor was saying to how uh, somebody asked like, Hey, you know, like, can we end earlier on Sunday? Because I have to show up for work on Monday. And he was like, no, like we're still going to end at 1130, but maybe your quality of sleep will go up. And I didn't realize that until you just mentioned that. I was like, yeah, maybe there is a correlation there. I did the landmark forum, the first one. Yeah. I actually have signed up for the advanced. I just haven't scheduled it yet. Okay. But I did get a lot out of it the first time. And when I first went through the forum, I talked to other people that had also gone through it. And I'm, you know, type A, like, tell me what you got out of it. Like, just give me the outcomes that, and, and people were like, well, you get out. Everyone gets something different. And I was like, what? Just tell yeah, me. I used to be the same way, yeah. And then I I did it. And you're like sitting in a room and then suddenly like things click. And ne- then I got it. I was like, oh, that's what they were talking about. Now I understand how nobody else could have gotten the same as what I did from sitting in a room for three days. That was also my biggest reservation about joining the Landmark Forum because from talking to different people, everybody gets something different out of it. And you know, as a product creator myself, I'm very conscious about, okay, I create this product and this is the outcome that we're shooting for, for you to get. Right. Right. And living extraordinary is too vague for me (laughs) to say like, Hey, okay, I'm going to put my money in 
and actually go through three days or three and a half days of 12 hour days. Like it has to be worth my time, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I've done a lot of, you know, different programs. And I will say that the landmark forum, in my opinion, is one of the best personal development programs that I think is accessible for most people. Yeah. Price wise, you know, tools you learn. And I've paid a lot more and got a lot less. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening, I think it's definitely worthwhile to go through. And the advanced course was very good too, I will say. Especially if you're in a leadership position like you, you and mm-hmm. I are. I think there's a lot that you'll get out of it if you were to go through it. So, But what, what are some other things you learn about yourself from the Aura Ring? Do, um, you, like, do you look at steps at all or like body temperature? Or body anything? temperature I look at. Sleep is the most important. I don't pay too much attention to the activity, mainly because I don't think it's as accurate as everything else. I have an Apple Watch, so I use that. Otherwise, re- general readiness score, I find pretty accurate to how I'm feeling. Yeah. So what is like your general approach to your day when you look at your readiness score? Does it affect your decision of how you approach your day or is it kind of like, okay, it's, it's there, but I'm still going to do whatever I'm going to do? So yesterday it told me take it easy, take a rest day. And my body was totally feeling it. So it definitely gives me permission to take a break <laughs> whenever <laughs> I can't just like trust my own gut. So that's, Definitely one thing I, I use, I have to feel like, think about how I'm feeling and then check the aura ring rather than checking the aura ring and then deciding how I feel according to that. Because I, I think some, there has been times when I'm feeling great and then I'll check the aura and I'll be a little lower than I expected. I'm like, no, I think I'm fine. Yeah. I think caffeine makes a big difference in <laughs> that aspect too for me. But usually I have kind of like a personal rule where if I have a 90 or higher, First of all, I feel it. Right? Yeah. Like you have so much energy and focus and clarity and, and, and all that. So I will always do my deep work. I will move calls if needed because mm-hmm. call, like for same thing for you, like calls just don't give me a lot of energy. So if I have a, a lot of calls that day, I will reschedule stuff if needed and possible. And right now I'm in this fitness binge as well. So I try to usually do two workouts that day too. Oh, yeah. Because. I see your Instagram. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll do two workouts, but you do like a two classes. I'll do like a like a strength one and then I'll get get on the Peloton. Oh, you got a Peloton. Okay. Yeah, big fun. I got a Peloton 2017. My name on Peloton is Catherine. That's how early I got in. Oh, wow. I remember when I... F- I first saw them at the first South by Southwest I went to, which I think was 2015 or 2016. They just launched it then. And I was riding a bike and I was like, oh yeah, like this is cool. But I had no idea it would be this big. That's a company that knows how to create a community from a bike where you're looking at a screen. I just saw this morning, somebody has like an equivalent version for the rower. Which City I th- Row? Maybe. My yeah. friend, that's my friend's company. Oh yeah, yeah. They. I was just in Israel with her a few few weeks ago, and they are. It's called City Row Go. Yeah, so like you see a monitor yeah. there, and you, yeah, like because apparently city uh, rowing is much more efficient a workout than biking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So now I gotta get a rower. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That and they go. actually could work with any rowing machine, so you don't. You can get like the app and put it on your. So you don't have to get there. You can get their rowing machine, or you can just get a rowing machine and do their class. Oh, that's even smarter. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So one of the things I always look at when it comes to the aura ring is body temperature because I, 
if you have a really high body temperature, that's usually an early sign that you're sick. So that's something that I always pay attention to as well. The other thing is heart rate variability. Do you look at that at all? Yeah, I do look at that, but I don't. The temperature usually tells me when it's high, but I don't go in every day and check it. I just kind of let it tell me instead of me guessing what it means. Yeah, because I look for the uh, general trend line when it comes to the HRV stuff, just in terms of recovery. So, for example, I noticed this past summer I was working out a lot and my HRV was going down mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. I was like, oh, yeah, this is not good. I'm working out basically too much. Like, yeah. I actually need to sleep more and actually sit in the sauna and <laughs> do this other stuff, which I find a very interesting metric. But my favorite feature, I don't know if this is your favorite feature, but my favorite feature is the bedtime because mm, it will change according, every single day yeah. based on, you know. It also changes your activity and bedtime according to your readiness score. So on Apple Watches, it's the same every day. This is dependent on your personally and where you're at, which is awesome. Yeah, that's one of my favorite features. Like, And it's so good and accurate. Like the bedtime, you know, it changes, you know, on the hour, not hourly, but you have a one hour window essentially to fall asleep. And I've learned so much more about sleep and the importance of sleep from having an aura ring versus not having one because there's, you know, so many sleep studies and yeah. books about that stuff, but it's not until you track your own body when you really learn about what works for you. Right. right? Yeah. Cause everyone's different. Like I don't need eight hours of sleep, but that's what everyone touts is like, you need eight hours every night. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you just get your own benchmarks. So for example, I know I need really six and a half hours of sleep of like, you know, and if, an hour and a half of deep sleep is in there. That's good. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half of REM sleep. That's good. Anything more than that, then even better. Like last couple of days, I've been averaging like two hours of deep sleep. And my friend Garrett, who owns the New Fit company here in Austin, yeah, he figured out a way to get three hours of deep sleep and three hours of REM sleep every night. How? <laughs> I I didn't know for the longest. Did he electrocute himself? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So he has the newbie. And for those who are listening, we had Garrett on the podcast uh, a couple months ago. And I'll have a link in the show notes for that. But basically, he calls it the master reset. And mm-hmm. so before you go to bed, you hook up the newbie machine to your feet. And then I think your upper back, I'm not sure. But basically, you create this circuit. Okay. And it just relaxes your whole nervous system, essentially. And then you go to bed and it's just like you knock out and your body's just like in full recovery mode, which... If you have a newbie, which is a very expensive device, I will right. say, then go for it. But uh, you have you ever tried it? I tried it with Bert. Yeah, how yeah. did it go? It was good. It was uh, a good experience. It was Although a he, weird. he was like, "You're gonna wake up sore tomorrow," and I'm like, uh, "He texted the next day. I'm like, I'm fine." <laughs> and he got really annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Bert is a. Uh, uh, my personal trainer. You used to work with him too. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he's great. I'm trying to get him on the podcast too. He's like such a nerd about everything, your your body. Yeah, that's one thing I've, and this is just my personal opinion, but I love working with people who are obsessed about what they do. Yeah. So like if you come work for me or you're a vendor, freelancer, or a contractor, we have some sort of working relationship. I always prefer working with people who are obsessed about what they do because mm-hmm. they're usually good at what they do, if not the best at what they do. But also it's just more interesting when you talk to somebody who's like obsessed about fitness and how the body works and you just have interesting conversations and it just goes beyond work. But also, you know, I work with this guy who's a designer and he's like always learning about, you know, psychology and how the brain works and design and all that stuff. And he'll just share lots of ideas and like, oh yeah, like we should totally try that or do that. Yeah. And it's like, 
I love working with people like that. Yeah, my designer on my team, I first, I find him on Dribble. He lives in Belgium. I hired him and the Monday morning, he's like, this is a game I started working on yesterday. Like this like animated design thing, which had nothing to do with what we were working on. But what I loved is that he's not getting paid and he's doing design work at the weekends. And he's like posting stuff on his Instagram that is just like for fun. And so when if, if someone's doing the job that you're wanting them to do and they're not being paid for it and they still enjoy it, then that's a good person to hire. I mm. also think that I saw this on Twitter recently. Some Nathan Barry of ConvertKit, this girl tweeted out about how much she loves ConvertKit and, you know, dreams of a job there, but has not seen anything that would fit her. And I responded, I was like, I feel like companies like that should just have a create your own job opportunity where they create their own, like what value can you add to our company? Cause clearly you love it so much that, you know, as someone that employs people, finding someone that is already tied into your values and your mission and your company is almost like half the battle. And you can find something that they would add value to and be great at if you give them the opportunity. So we find our best people from our email list. So these are people that already like our products, use our products, and we don't have to teach them any of that stuff. And they can just apply their skills onto something that they already enjoy. Yeah, I echo that 100%. Same thing for me. Like Our best people have come from our own audience. People who bought our products, have joined our yeah. courses, you know, listened to the Productivity Show, read our blog on asianefficiency.com. So training them up is really easy because getting someone to buy into your vision, your values, which is usually a value match, like you're already yeah. that type of person anyway. So much, like like you said, that's half the battle. That's so much harder to figure out. And, and training somebody to do a technical thing is actually relatively easy. Yeah. Like if you just have a motivated person that likes what you do and you guys are aligned, then learning how to, I don't know, use Photoshop or whatever is, is really easy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the stuff you can't teach that, is the value part. Yeah. Now, I, one of the things I do want to ask you, and I know some listeners are probably dying to know, is since you're you know, the co-founder of Best Self, how do you use your own products? Like, how do you use your own journal? I actually started using the Self Planner mainly because I wanted to see more big picture. So I, I use the Self Journal when I have a goal and I use the Self Planner as sort of, here's what my week looks like. And it's more of a general organizing my, my day, but I like seeing my whole week, but I use one or the other at all times and sometimes both, which is a little, <laughs> little nutty. So I use the planner. I use the habit roadmap. That's basically like all the things that I want to do on a weekly or monthly basis. And essentially it's the inputs that get the outcomes without only looking at the outcomes. And I do, I, cause I've tried every app under the sun. My, my phone's like a productivity app graveyard where I, I'm like, this is the habit tracker for me. And then it's after a week, I'm like, what? I find just paper and pen having it like right in front of me. The decks I use, so the intimacy deck, I, Emily and I like maybe like twice a week at dinner, we'll like just pull a couple of cards and not have our phones out and like put them in the, in another room. And that helps us just get away. Sometimes we get into a pattern where we're like, why are we on our phones? And so 
trying to create like a habit personally of not kind of escaping into your phones. So the prompt decks I use, whether I'm staring at a blank page and I want to journal something, but I'm not sure what I use a wordsmith. The Edison deck is like creativity around ideas. So it's based on, okay, come up with 10 ideas around this, this. And so I, those are the ones I would use. And I have like on certain days, it'll come up my calendar for 30 minutes, do this. And then on a date night, I'll use the intimacy deck. Or if I have people over for dinner, I'll use the icebreaker deck. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So actually we have little placeholders like for each person, but instead of their name, it's just like a prompt. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I like that. And have you seen other people use your products in interesting ways that you never thought would be even possible or come to your imagination? So someone recently told us they used the wordsmith deck, which is the journaling prompts. They'd gone to a funeral with their father and there was someone that their dad knew and he wasn't happy with the obituary. He just was like, I don't ever want that to be mine. And so she'd gotten the wordsmith deck and she started asking him questions from that, which prompted conversation of memories that he'd never shared with her before, but like helped her get to know him better and also come up with something when the time comes that he would actually be proud of. So that was something I'd never considered. I've heard people using the icebreaker deck as like opening conversation on dating apps because <laughs> it gets a much higher conversion rate than just, Hey, <laughs> the intimacy deck I've heard like a couple that were going through problems and had been in marital counseling and, and didn't seem to be doing any, any better got more results from, from like a $25 product than spending hundreds in counseling. And then as far as like the journal, I think when we started, it was very, you know, business focused and career focused, but the framework within it was flexible enough that they could use it for health. So we have people with health goals using the same product as someone with a savings goal, using the same product as someone with a career goal. So creating the framework that's flexible enough to work within whatever your goal is. Yeah, I, I can see that with, you know, something like the planner and journal, there's a lot of freedom to use it the way you want to, right? Because everybody has different goals, different achievements that they want to accomplish. And and some people, their first goal is just using the journal consistently, which creates a lot of other different patterns with habits in their life. But a guy on my team, he was on our email list and used the product, but his first goal was use the journal every day. And that created more habits that he didn't know was going to happen, but he just had never been consistent with anything. So that was the first thing that he'd been consistent with. So you use a lot of your own products, which are physical products. And you mentioned like your phone is like a productivity great yard, which I think is a hilarious term. So is your personal system like half physical, half analog, like half digital, or is it like a combination yeah. or more tech or what does that look like? I pretty much think on paper and then I document on the computer. Like I prefer to read physical books and I'll literally underline it and then I'll go back and type up notes afterwards with like action items or thoughts around it. Same as like products, I'll like sketch it or, you know, journal about it on paper because as soon as you get a computer involved, then it it's kind of like when I was an architect, my professors would always say, 
design on paper, because as soon as you get a computer involved, any technical things become much harder. And so you might be more likely to make it easier or less complex just because the computer doesn't allow you to do curves a certain way, which will limit your imagination and limit what you do with it. And I think the same with when I put something in the computer, because then I'm like, then it's more real. And then my design brain goes on. So instead of focusing on the content and making that great, I start messing around with fonts. <laughs> I'm like, how diagrams look or whatever it is that I'm doing, I get way too in the weeds. So for me, like big picture content ideas on paper, and then I document it when it's like a real thing. So you're not a big fan of using like an iPad and pencil? I have an, I have an iPad, iPad Pro with a pencil, which I like to do like diagrams and stuff on, but I, I don't like think on there. So I don't go on there and like sketch ideas that I haven't previously thought of. Mm, okay. Yeah, I can see that. And also with something like technology, such as the iPad or something, you can get so easily distracted, right? Yeah. Because one notification pops up and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's check this out. And then before you know, you know you're watching YouTube and doing... <laughs> I actually like to write on my iPad only because it's less distraction than my computer because I don't have a million tabs open. I have the writing app, I have the keyboard and that's it. And for some reason, I'm much more productive writing and getting distracted less than when I'm on a laptop because there's so many things on there. So when you are planning and thinking, you do it first on paper, then you move to the computer and you write down like stuff in your to-do list or something? Like how do you put actions down? Does that go into like Slack or something or Notion or where does that all go? So if it's tasks, it'll go in Trello. If it's something I need to say to someone, it'll go in Slack. And then if it's me documenting thoughts, so it will go in uh, like some sort of Google Drive document or spreadsheet or something like that. Okay, and then that's kind of like your ecosystem of like productivity tools that you use. and Yeah, so I, we use Google Drive, Dropbox, Slack, Trello. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very similar to ours, actually. Yeah, especially since... Uh, I mean, I've tried everything, but I still... I'm not sure that we have it down project management-wise. We use Trello, but I'm not sure if I'm 100% with it. But as long as the team's on board, then I'm on board. They used to use Airtable, which... I just dislike intensely <laughs> only because I hate as a designer spreadsheets. It's like not pretty for me to look at. Yeah. And yeah. Just, if you like the visual aspect of Trello, there's a couple other alternatives, but if you're a designer, you probably won't like Jira as much. It's too complicated, too techy, which is something that we use, but that's because I like it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I force it upon everybody to use it, but that's a different I story. force Notion on everyone, but it was only I once I had like a general hub sorted out. Like I didn't just throw them a blank Notion and be like, hey, there you go. I basically started kind of downloading my brain and putting all internal things in there. And then once I was happy with it, I'm like, okay. I would just start linking things and then I give them ownership over certain parts of it and then they, they made it their own. Mm. Which I think had I just sent them a blank notion, they would have been like, oh my God, what is she doing? Yeah. I have the same thing with uh, Confluence. So we're kind of like whole Jira, Jira Confluence. We used to have HipChat, which is now Slack. So we were totally bought into that Atlassian stack and uh, 
everybody that joins now pretty much has no option or choice. It's just, no, this is where you have to use. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole different story that I'll get into in another podcast episode. But uh, Catherine, I really enjoyed our episode today and I really appreciate you sharing everything about what you do and how you do things. And if people want to find out more about you, your products and everything else you have going on, where should they go? Uh, you can go to bestself.co. So bestself.co. And should they follow you on social or anywhere yeah. else? It's just Catherine Lavery on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Cool. So we'll have links to all of that in the show notes. So thank you, Catherine, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get stuff done. You should be able to get everything done in the time you have. That's why we built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking a productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get stuff done. Take the quiz today. You'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or star in Overcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next Productive Monday. Productive Monday.